Hey there. It's a future POTUS show. Today we're going to learn about some esoteric stuff whilst listening to some King Shiloh Sound System 25.04. And we're going to be listening to a uh, show about esoteric knowledge. Uh, that is in the in the tarot actually the hermit and wheel of fortune guidance and destiny mystery teaching so we're gonna do some mystery teachings because uh, nobody else is and yeah we need to get back to the mystery of life and the and an awe of nature for example Strongly recommend, especially if you're all stressed out by, by the T-Rum virus, that get your hands in dirt every day, you know, really, you know, grow some seeds, plant some seeds, watch something grow, and that's nature, in nature, that's where God is, Mother Nature, Hathor, the, the um, According to this doctor, it's awesome. Sorry, I forget her name. Uh, she's wearing such a sexy dress, and maybe forget her name. But um, she is doing the show, Mystery Teachings. This is season four, episode eleven, and uh, on Gaia, which I strongly recommend everybody. Get a subscription. It's only like 12 bucks a month, and uh, you get the best programming in the universe, man. Get stuff about disclosure, about cosmic cosmic disclosure. It's a great, lots of great programs. I love the shows with like Graham Hancock in them. Ancient civilizations about Egypt, and and uh, I've actually covered a lot of these uh, shows. On my other podcast, I, I, this is my fourth podcast. I also have hashtag Afro Soul Sistatrista podcast. I specialize in comedy and pol- politics, of course, but we also talk about other press inf- pressing information in the news and... and uh, advocacy, social advocacy that I'm carrying out on the campaign trail. Calling this one the That's What's Up show with hashtag Christopher Congress. That's my chosen uh, election for next year. 2022. And uh, 2024, I'm gonna. I'm. I've announced several times now that I'm running for prez, man. I'm running for prez, you can follow me. In fact, I just started a TikTok, my third TikTok um, channel, Trista for Prez. And please follow me there. Please follow me also on Trista for Congress. Oh, actually, no, I think I have. 
other than that, um, yeah, on TikTok it was the easiest to get a thousand followers. So thanks for following me on TikTok so that I could go live and I do like Soothe America, Comfort America, KKK, hashtag programs as a honors graduate of Oxford University and UC Berkeley and Taipei Medical University. And one of my specializations was trauma counseling, basically PTSD in uh, Afghan refugee girls, refugees, women and women psychology. I was women psychology tutor at, at Oxford. I was invited to be the the uh, psychology tutor, which I proudly accepted. Great honor. And. Um, so uh, this is my public service uh, it's in my uh, you know maybe you don't believe in astrology so to so so to speak but and I, I used to also uh, be quite critical of it although it seemed to seem to kind of describe me pretty well like Capricorn but also the um, the there's uh, what's it called the personality types of the uh, not Rastafarian but the uh, mm, oh shoot it, that that one seems to really work work too it's it's kind of like a mm, psychological I want to say Crividelia for some reason like uh, it's it's uh, it's the name of shoot. I haven't I haven't thought about it or talked about it for a long time, so uh, you know it'll come to me. But anyway, it's a, it's a system that uses like twelve personality types, and it's not the Meyer Briggs thing, you know. Um, but at any rate, so I'm also. Uh, Feeding two birds with one piece of bread, and I'm uh, cleaning up my files. I'm organizing my files uh, for this podcast while we listen to some reggae music. Roots reggae, it's freaking awesome! I strongly recommend everybody listen to more Roots reggae, reggae music, more Black people music. You know, it's healing. It is healing. Um, and uh, thank you, black people, for inventing the sound system of the Rastaman. And uh, King Solomon, you know, goes back to King Solomon. Uh, Haile Selassie, Jarasta Farai, was um, praised him. He was a descendant of King Solomon and David. Because um, apparently Queen of Sheba had had ships had ships had um, I think I'm probably saying that wrong. That's her Egyptian name. That's what she was known in uh, Egypt, and it, uh, you know, I was just learning from another, from a podcast. I, I just got a subscription to Michael Tessarian's Unslaved. 
everybody also go check his, his stuff out. You can, you, um, I'm, I'm doing it, um, so I can have access to some of his podcasts, which are not on YouTube, but most of his stuff is on YouTube, actually. Oh, I mean, a good part of his work. So I strongly recommend check out Michael Tassarian, T-S-A-R-I-O-N. In fact, uh, I just was posting this morning that um, I posted a couple of... Uh, um, podcasts yesterday on one of my, uh, I think it was my Afro Soul Sister podcast, and I was talking about how when I'm praise, when I'm praise, um, we're going to start like an education task force, we're going to start, we're going to start a lot of task force, and I'm going to appoint a, a, a lot of people, and including uh, foreigners, you know, foreign experts, to these, these like committees, panels, task force, whatever you want to call them. Task, I like task forces, uh, that's a good name, because, you know, they have a task, and they, they are a force, and they're going to come up, they're going to fucking, we're going to put a bunch of um, these people together, and uh, they're going to come up with a national plan of action in each in each of these uh, areas, and for example, we're going to let, we're going to, uh, for American history, we're going to have a new national, hashtag new national curriculum, I've already started as a long-time educator, edumificator, tutor, I taught ESL, I taught uh, French, actually, I taught uh, advanced writing, National Taiwan University, and uh, English to nurses, nurse, nursing students. Taipei Medical University, so um, great job. I love teaching at university. It's a very wonderful job that did. But uh, you know, academia has got a lot of. You know, that's another so, that's a subject for another day. Fucking academia. But uh, we're we're gonna let the black people write the chapter in, in American history about fuck, involving fucking slavery, man. Modern history. You know, we'll have the NAACP. We'll have the fucking ACLU. We're going to have the ACLU. T- uh, I'm in favor of the ACLU taking over the Justice Department, basically. Let them. They, they know what they're doing. They've been, they've been um, at least uh, like a huge, they would be drafted. So would hire them all, man. Hire them all and give them more money. They should, um, you know, we should... Uh, take money from some uh, something else to hire more ACLU lawyers uh, because to mitigate this mountain of freaking criminality this avalanche of criminality that Mr. Fuckface Nazi ass dump has engaged in and you know so he went on a fucking crime spree basically. So he's, he and the rest of them, they're going to be fucking held accountable in a trist administration. I shit you not. Okay, so let's get to the show. So I'm going to have my coffee. And, uh, 
Yeah, so you may be uh, a little, if you're a little skeptical of astrology, astronomy, just keep in mind that astrology and astronomy both are ancient forms, and it's kind of like mythology. The, those stories actually freaking happened, okay, or something like it. Like, I was just noticing, say, Jupiter yesterday, the story of Jupiter and, and Venus. Those actually describe what happened to those planets. Um, and so, yeah, it's a way to pass on knowledge, pass on esoteric knowledge. And apparently underneath the Sphinx, Edgar Casey talked about this, he predicted this a lot, you know, over a hundred years ago, that the, uh, first of all, Bimini, the uh, Atlantis, part of Atlantis would be found, found in uh, 1969, um, and also, and it was, and uh, in the Bimini Islands, like a Rhodes. Found a road. Anyway, um, that went underwater. And um, he also he also said that there's a chamber. There's a I want to say chamber of secrets. There's a real chamber of secrets underneath the Sphinx's paw. He said. He didn't say Chamber of Secrets, but he said a hall of records. That's what he said. He said there was a hall of records underneath the Sphinx's paw in Egypt. And that will tell us all about what that, what really happened in humanity. And it, it involves uh, God-like beings. I mean, to us, they were, you know, they, they're our ancestors because we're two-thirds divine. You know, keep that in mind, everybody. We're two-thirds divine. And uh, so, uh, any Christians out there, you know, just stop it. Just stop, you know, trying to bring on the apocalypse. Y'all think that you're like I'm talking about the uber fundamentalist Christians, um, who. Uh, are so judgmental about the rest of us. They think that they're only gonna, you know, they're they're uh, they're the first to shit on other other people, BIPOC communities and stuff, and gay gay people. Those those people, you can go to hell. Okay, I'll be the first to tell you. And I'm all in favor of tax the church. We need to tax the church, um, and uh, they need to be held accountable for these thousands of, of uh, ruined children uh, from their stupid ass cover-ups of pedophilia priests, pedo priests, pedo <sighs> pedophile priests. Okay, there's alliteration. It's a good example of alliteration, by the way. Um, pedophile priest. Let's start with the P. Anyway, so uh, yeah, let's let's get back to this this uh, pretty cool show. Enjoy. And I'll stop this by having a comment.
other so-called experts, the Egyptologists and the, like, the Howie, Dr. Howass is the gatekeeper in Egypt. I believe, I believe he's still in power. And, uh, you know, they, he's a, he actually, um, he's an interesting character because he's sitting on so much, he's a gatekeeper and so he's blocking, basically, our evolution as a freaking race by not allowing, um, people allowing us to know what's underneath what's in the hall of records man we know there's a chamber in there there's uh, Robert Boval and Robert Schock Boston University they did they did a echo oh shoot sonar they did like a type of sonar and there is a chamber underneath the sphinx's hall so one of the things one of the things I'm gonna I'm doing I'm doing is calling out and I have uh, you know I've gone on like Dr. Howass's social media pages and um, you know demanded he let us know what's underneath the freaking uh, you know that would be a good petition I'm gonna write that down as a reminder petition. Need to start a petition uh, to uh, pressure the pressure the Egyptologists to let us know what the fuck is underneath the. Uh, I'm the Egyptian government too, you know. CC to the uh, government to uh, open up the Hall of Records. We know it's in there. It's our history. It's not. Uh, it's not your st stupid ass means of getting credit to boost your ego. That's all of our like. It's all of ours. It's our legacy. It's our precious legacy. Open it up, motherfuckers. That's that's what we need to. We need to be fucking adamant. You open up the fucking hall of records, motherfuckers. And uh, when I'm in Congress, like, uh, I'm also going to uh, pressure the, um, here's another good, here's another good petition, pressure the Smithsonian to account for all the uh, uh, giant skeletons that they apparently dumped into the Atlantic. Okay, I don't even need to be, I don't even need to be a senator to do all this. I could just become a, a prominent move-on petition writer. That's what I'm going to do. Whether, whether or not I win the seat, I'm going to act like I did. I'm going to be like Trump. I'm going to learn from Trump's example. Just keep on trucking, man. And uh, I'm still trying to figure out a, a novel way to uh, um, deal with the fucking institutionalized bribery that is campaign finance system in this country. 
including a, here's here's one kind of cool idea that Patricia came up with regarding that. Okay, so uh, uh, ask people for their fucking donations, which you know normally I wouldn't, but instead of uh, using it to on my stupid ass campaign, which is free, it's free to campaign, man. And I've worked in media for many years, so I know how to I know how to post myself on social media. I can be my own freaking PR team, and um, and and not accept pay. And then instead of instead of spending it on the fucking campaign manager or whatever, which I'm just I'll just hire I'll just hire my campaign manager when I when I get to the Senate or the press. Um, I'll donate it to to something. I would say, uh, you know, like right now, the the uh, ACLU, and then spend uh, spend my money. That that's what I'll do. Spend my money on on advertising and and um, and then when I get into office. We're gonna change the fucking rules. We're gonna have term limits. I'm gonna introduce uh, none, no other Congress member is gonna do this, because they want to stay in freaking power forever. They all want to be career politicians apparently. But I say, make it eight year maximum. Just like you know, the president, just like the president, just make that across the board, eight, eight year maximum, and that'll get rid. That will flush all the turds. Out of Congress, like bitch McConnell, McCunty, um, who's been there for freaking ever, as well as Nancy Pelosi, she should freaking retire, man. She took her, you know, it's partially her fault. I I blame the, you know, I blame the corporate Democrats like so, like uh, Pelosi. Although, she, you know, kudos, she started the Progressive Caucus, but what are they fucking doing now? And not this, why, did, why didn't she impeach? Why did she t- uh, put impeachment off, keep impeachment off the table for so long? Why? Because they're freaking complicit. I've done a lot of podcasts on this, too. Basically excoriating the stupid-ass Democrats. Because they did rig the election. They rigged the, the freaking primaries twice. And that's another thing. Me too. Um, it's another good petition. Demand that uh, the, the fucking DNC petition. DNC. Held accountable. For twice... Rigging primaries as if it weren't for the stupid ass Democrats, we would have we would be in the second term of President Sanders right now. Anyway, let's get back to the show. Some good, good ass stuff. Some other keywords or concepts that are associated with the hermit include this concept of illumination. Being a seeker, completion, revelation, introspection, being the strong and silent type, 
the strengths that the hermit can help us to achieve or the virtues he shows us is responsiveness, realignment, dependability. These strengths are the balanced and pure expressions of the hermit. But if we either have too much or not enough of these qualities in our life, then they become weaknesses or distortions of the hermit, which show up through the shadow side. And some of these things to watch out for could include isolating when we withdraw because we're actually getting into our fears or our ego. That's different from solitude. Fearing things from the past, also a fear of introspection, or that will actually lead to a spiritual emptiness because we're not in touch with our inner self. Or it could be an extreme dependence on a spiritual leader or guru, or an extreme dependence on a psychic counselor or a tarot reader or an astrologer, anywhere that we're giving our power away. Another way that the hermit's shadow might show up in us is when we're cutting ourselves off from the world because we don't like people, so we just isolate. Yeah, or we're running away from our problems rather than facing them. So as we recognize any of these weaknesses or shadow aspects that are manifesting themselves in our own life, we can then start to work with the hermit to transform them and bring the shadow to light. And as we do, it reveals some gifts. So different ways that we can bring the shadow to light will include seeking solitude in order to find inner strength. Also being able to accept the rhythm, a natural rhythm of our life, which includes aging and death and coming to peace and acceptance of that. We may also find ourselves at a crossroads of decision and needing to make a decision that truly renews us. Also, there's the ability to solve our own problems through introspection and listening to our own inner guidance, which is the hermit within us. The hermit is about radiating a higher force and light. Think of when you first stepped onto your path of spiritual growth and discovery. It's likely that the hermit showed up in your life at that time, whether as another person who helped point you in the right direction or who offered some advice and some wisdom that really supported your awakening. Or it could have been the hermit within you that might have been what shined that light upon your path and upon your consciousness to help you wake up and self-initiate. And the more you come to recognize the hermit in yourself, the more you'll also then be able to connect with one of your other parallel lives where the hermit is the dominant archetype. Now, what might our parallel life be like under the archetype of the hermit? Well, in times past, he would have been the wise sage or the teacher of initiates. Think of Merlin or the alchemists who'd go into isolation in order to immerse themselves in the great work without any interference from the outside world. They'd become the hermit during their operations of transformation and transmutation. But as for more contemporary examples, hermit people might become a monk, a spiritual counselor, a philosopher of esoteric teachings, a guide of the mystery school tradition, or a behind-the-scenes advisor. I just wanted to point out here that Merlin um, actually existed. That's that whole um, King Arthur, Camelot, uh, according to Michael Tessarian, 
who is a pretty damn good researcher, I would say. That's uh, that whole King Arthur saga, which nobody seems to be able to pin it down. Like, what? When? When was that? Now, I've actually been to Tintagel in England, where supposedly uh, had Camelot had been kind of based on. But it, yeah, it was a it was kind of like a transnational epic romance. It's a beautiful story, like Tristan and Isolde's beautiful story. Have my you know, my namesake. Very romantic legends. And it took place uh, France, England, um, I don't say Ireland. Anyway, according to Michael Tassarian, that that whole King Arthur saga, that is actually a description of of uh, the the Druids, who were a very magical. You know, our ancestors were magical beings. It's kind of a cool thought, isn't it? And um, magicians. So, if you uh, if you have a problem about astrology, for example, just keep in mind that that's that's the only thanks or you know so-called thanks to the church, Holy Roman Catholic Church, our own book burning. They they supported the Nazis, by the way. Catholic Church. There's pictures. Of, they were they loved the fucking Nazis. They yeah. Anyway, um, and the church was behind the decimation of the Druids, the genocides. It was a genocide. They went there and they killed all the bards, and uh, they appropriated all the knowledge. There were books. Uh, uh, Caesar said that there were, n were not, but... Of course, the uh, victors get to rewrite history, rewrite what happens. So they were saying that they that they did all these uh, um, um, sacrifices and stuff. Actually, um, you know, I've been to I've been to Ireland two or three times, and. Everybody should go check out the Bog, the muse the National History Museum. And there's an exhibit there on the Bog. Because, uh, you know, that's where they get their fuel. So it's like a, this uh, ancient Bog. Bog fuel. That's how they got the fuel. And then, wow, the people were getting some of this fuel out of the out of there they ran across pretty kind of like mummified remains of lots of people many people and like one one had pomade in his hair that was from France so people were traveling quite a lot and some people were during that time. Although uh, I heard a statistic about during the Middle Ages, the average distance that somebody did leave was five, five kilometers, I guess, or five miles around their home. 
you know, in general, people stayed in one little place, village or whatever. But uh, other people, if, if they had the means, they traveled quite a bit. There were lots of, you know, literally highway robber, uh, robbery. Robberies going on. That was a big problem, of course. But uh, anyway, just keep in mind that uh, this uh, astrology stuff, if you will, if you have a, if you have a hard time accepting it, so just keep in mind the Shakespearean quotes of there are more things on heaven and earth, Horatio, than are dreamt of in your philosophy. Keep an open mind. Don't be so freaking closed-minded. Hermits have a deep regard for order and harmony in life, as well as a love of solitude and quiet. Now, hermit people also have a high hermit degree people. of integrity, and they're meticulous, and therefore they're also well-respected. Because of this, other people might put them into leadership positions, whether they want to be in that position or not. And they wind up leading more by example than anything else. Their life is a testament of doing the great work of self-improvement. And this embodiment is what shines that light for others to see. Now, by working with the hermit and invoking its energies into your life, you too can awaken your ability to connect to your inner guidance. Our next step on the hero's journey brings us to the Wheel of Fortune. Now, the wheel is at the bottom of the involutionary descent into matter. It's also the turning point to where we'll soon begin our ascension in consciousness. So the wheel is a portal or a gateway to ascension. What happens at this gateway? Well, once we're hooked up with our inner guidance from the hermit and we're connected to our higher self, we start to now feel a little more at home and centered and balanced within ourselves. This comfort doesn't last long as now our resolve is gonna get tested by a spin of fate. We feel perhaps a call to a higher purpose. And at this point, the universe spins the wheel of fortune on us. And this sets us off on a new direction that we might not have predicted based on anything that we had experienced before. It's always pushing us out of our comfort zone so that we can grow and evolve. Now the numerology associated with the wheel of fortune is the number 10. And 10 is the first double-digit number that we've encountered on this journey. Anytime we have more than one digit in a number, we should take the combined meaning of each number that forms it, as well as reducing it to the sum of the numbers. So what I mean by that is that 10, for example, combines the ideas of number 1 and number 0 together. The 1 represents individuation and self-consciousness while the zero represents the eternal nothing, or the Ein. So these are the magician and the fool coming together. So the individual, which represents number one, 
walks through a gate, which is the number zero, and then it begins a new cycle. So 10 is a powerful number. It also relates to the number of Sfirot on the Tree of Life. And therefore, it represents, again, completion, very much like the number nine does. But when we add the one plus the zero, it gives us one again. So this is also returning to the unity source. And it shows us that the inner essence of the ten is the number one, meaning the inner essence of the hermit is the magician. Let's explore the imagery and the symbolism now of the wheel. In the four corners, we see the four holy living creatures, which have the bodies of a bull, a lion, an eagle, and a man. These are the guardians of the four watchtowers, and they also represent the four fixed signs of the zodiac. They are the four angelic beings that are mentioned both in Ezekiel and Revelations. Now, in the center is the wheel, and there are three other creatures around it. The wheel itself is a symbol of the whole cycle of cosmic expression, and it's divided up into three concentric circles surrounding a center point. And these represent different planes of creation, which in Kabbalah we call the four worlds. The very center represents the source. It is the idea or the divine spark. The inner circle just around that is then divided by eight spokes, and this represents a universal radiant energy that flows out from spirit. The middle circle has then symbols for the three essentials of alchemy, mercury, sulfur, and salt, which represent the spirit, soul, and body. And we also see another alchemical symbol, which represents the stage of dissolution, which is the part that we're in now in this journey. And dissolution means to stir and to dissolve into a aqueous or watery type solution. Mm. Then the outer circle of the wheel represents the material world of manifestation. And here we see the letters tarot, T-A-R-O, on the four directions, as well as four Hebrew letters within the four quarters that spell out the divine name, the yod heh vov this wheel presents us with the Sphinx's riddle. It wow. conveys the whole alchemical process of separating, riddle. purifying, and recombining the three essentials through various cycles of transformation. The letters of tarot can also be permutated into five different words, and there is a well-known esoteric motto that says, Rhoda Tarot Orat Torah Ator which roughly translates from Latin as the wheel of tarot speaks the law of Hathor, or nature. Ator is another name for the Egyptian goddess Hathor, goddess. who is also related to the empress or mother nature in tarot. Isis, probably. Now let's take a look at these beings that are just on the outer rim of the wheel. Around the outside, we see a yellow serpent whose movement is in this kind of wavy fashion down the left side of the wheel. Demers. And this movement of the serpent represents the vibration or the involution of cosmic radiant energy descending down into matter. Then, just towards the bottom and turning up on the right side of the wheel, we see the jackal-headed being called the Hermanubis, 
which is a com combination of Hermes and Anubis. And this represents the evolution of consciousness from lower to higher forms. And this Hermanubis actually depicts the current level to which... Hey Siri, take a screenshot. No, thank you. Hey Siri, take... Hey Siri, take screenshot. Hey Siri, I love you. I love you. Hey Siri, I love you. You are the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> Thank you, my darling. You are too. <laughs> Hilarious. Okay, anyway, wow. So I'm going to paint this. That's Humanity has achieved as a whole in our evolution of consciousness. Very few people have actually gone beyond this level into the upper realms of spiritual or cosmic consciousness. Finally, at the top, we see a sphinx. And this sphinx represents our true self, who is beyond the veil of personality and has finished its evolutionary journey and cycle of manifestation. So the Sphinx is always positioned at the top, even as the wheel spins, while the other two, the Serpent and the Hermanubis, will move with the cycles of involution and evolution. Now the Sphinx symbolizes the work of regeneration and the integration that comes at the heart of the great work. The Sphinx's human head symbolizes the achievement of higher consciousness and the victory of the mind. And it holds a sword which is crafted from a sharpened awareness. That Sphinx holds the power of liberation. It is free from the cycles of the wheel. And identifying with the Sphinx is what can get us off the merry-go-round of the wheel. Also notice the color of the wheel, which is mostly an orange color. This represents the solar force. It's almost like the energy coming off from the sun. And then the clouds that are surrounding it represent Jupiter, which is associated with the wheel. And Jupiter is the lord of rain and is responsible for keeping the earth alive. The wheel, as I mentioned before, as you probably know or should know Jupiter is the, the um, is the name of the gods in Roman mythology and in Greek mythology is known as Zeus same gods different names they're trying to emulate each other is part of the alchemical process of dissolution. This process comes after the burning or the calcination of the first step, where the material or what we start with is burned to ash in calcination. And we get to that part of calcination through the chariot and the strength key in particular, where we light that fire. And this calcination is about releasing the spirit so that it can now transform and evolve. And that release is represented by the hermit. The next step of the alchemy is to now take all of that ash and stir it up in water and mix everything together. And as we do this dissolution process, some of it dissolves into the water, 
but other parts of it will not dissolve and they then sink to the bottom. The stage of disillusion at a personal level can feel rather disorienting. Uh, it'll often stir up our emotions as it involves water, which relates to our emotions. Old patterns and thought forms might go away from us as new perceptions and understandings come in. This is all about purifying. And this is how we become a new creature through the alchemical operation. Ultimately, it's about becoming more of our true selves. So what's the Wheel of Fortune trying to show us? Well, this path is the universal principle of abundance and prosperity and expansion. That's why it's called the Wheel of Fortune. But these things only come with a willingness to change and to keep things moving. And the way we do that is by taking risks. So we need to follow and harness and utilize the laws of cycles and the universe. But we also need to be open to new opportunities as we do. Now it's a path that teaches us that there's also a flux and a reflux or an ebb and a flow within nature. And this also creates a rhythm within our own lives. And we need to learn how to work with these rhythms. Let's go through some other correspondences of the wheel. The esoteric title or the secret name of the wheel is the Lord of the Forces of Life. And the elements associated here are a combination of air and fire, which relate to the planet Jupiter, which is the astrological correspondence. Now, Jupiter is often called the Great Fortune or the Lord of Fortune, and is said to have tremendous influence on prosperity. Jupiter rules the sign of Sagittarius, which relates to temperance that we'll encounter later, and also is co-ruling Pisces, which is ruled by the Moon card and the 12th house. So its elemental energy is a combination of air and fire. Now, Jupiter is also said to be exalted in Cancer, which represents the chariot card. And so you can see there's a of connections coming in just into this one card and this one astrological sign that relates to the wheel. Now, Jupiter is the largest planet within our solar system, at least that we know of, and it represents expansion and growth. It brings luck, money, abundance to whatever it comes into contact with. So usually when Jupiter moves into a good house or a good aspect uh, to your planets in your natal chart, it usually is going to bring luck and a positive expansion and growth into those areas. Now, other key words that are associated with the wheel and with Jupiter include accomplishment, mastery, success, now, these strengths are the pure or the balanced expression of the wheel. But if they get into too much or not enough, we fall into the distortions and the weaknesses of the wheel's shadow side. So some of these weaknesses include entrapment, apathy, compulsion, inability to see our choices, believing yourself to be a victim of fate or feeling stuck in a rut, also, fighting change and resisting it and not recognizing opportunities when they come. So as we recognize how the various shadow aspects and weaknesses might be showing up within us in our life, 
we can then acknowledge them and start the work of transforming the shadow of the wheel into light. So how are some ways that we can bring the shadow to light? Well, first, we can understand that there's an orderly plan behind what might seem random aspects of our life or random changes. Trust that there's some kind of order behind it all, some kind of greater plan. Also accept that nature is about cycles and it's about change and every situation is a potential for learning through those cycles of change. Think of times when you've either encountered the wheel in life or it's really shown up for you. For example, any time when you've had an unexpected change in life, whether it was an ending or a new beginning or a sudden windfall or a big loss that forced you to reinvent yourself, these are all experiences of the wheel. It's also possible that you became the wheel for others. For example, if you were stimulated by some creative and original idea and you saw ways in which you could put something into a new context that hadn't been considered before, this might have then started a catalytic process that changed things for other people as well. The more you come to recognize the wheel in your life, the more it will also connect you with one of your parallel lives where the wheel is the dominant archetype. What might our parallel life be like under the archetype of the wheel? Well, one example of the wheel manifesting is as an alchemist, actively working in the lab with the cycles of dissolution and distillation and transmutation. And careers might include things like being an entrepreneur or a strategic advisor to big companies or a financial advisor in stocks and foreign exchange markets. And because of their strategic foresight and understanding of how to ride out the cycles of change, they're very good at making money and building wealth no matter what's happening with the economy. They'll have had their success and they'll have also had their falls and their failures. But those times have all taught them to reinvent themselves and to rise again, making them stronger and wiser with each cycle. Think of how the iPhone changed our world, or social media, or AI, and space travel. Think of the people who are at the helm of these types of inventions and who are always pushing the edge of innovation. These are the wheels of our world that move us forward as a collective. But until they become the Sphinx, who is free from the cycles of material world pursuits, they'll never really fully achieve their potential. Because what the world really needs right now are spiritually enlightened innovators who want to put their gifts into service of human evolution like and me. consciousness, not just into science and technology and money making. By working with the wheel and invoking its energies into your life, you too can awaken the change agent within you. Join me again as we explore further into the 22 archetypes of tarot and how they can help us to make our big shift in consciousness. I'm Dr. Teresa Bullard. Thank you for exploring Teresa the mysteries Bullard. of tarot and our multidimensionality Bullard. with me in this episode of Mystery Teachings. Teresa Bullard. Thank you, Teresa. Dr. Teresa. Great. So, thanks for tuning in. Hope you learned something. Um, you're gonna do something positive with that knowledge. 
In fact, if you want to be a real patriot, please do call the White House, 202-456-1111. Memorize that number, write it down, and or memorize it. And uh, call them and demand fines for all the Kens and Karens that are refusing to wear a mask. That will save lives. And get them to shut the fuck up. And uh, they still don't have to get the vaccine. I'm not going to force them to get the vaccine. Just force them to wear a mask, though. That's what I would do if I were president. And also call Congress and memorize this number to, uh, and or write it down, 202-224-3121 and also 225-3121 uh, if, if we ever do get them busy. And you should they should be busy. They should be blowing up the phone lines in, in, um, in Congress. All of them, you know, like Mitch, if like a million people called Mitch's office, 202 224 Three one two one and demand he fucking resign, and also uh, demand that he be investigated for corruption, etc., etc., etc. A million people did that, he'd be fucking gone. Guarantee it. So get off your fat lardy asses, America. Haha. Uh-huh. Just joshing, and um. No, I love you, love you guys. That's why I'm doing this podcast it's kind of public service announcements and uh yeah please do if you enjoyed this one please do oh yeah and, and um yeah you check out my other podcasts you just do a search trista hashtag trista for congress hashtag uh, um afro solstice trista and also the hashtag stick it to the man show that's my first that was my first show um, or, um, I changed it to uh, now it's called uh, you know a little bit less inflammatory um, that's what's up show because that is what's up um, we need to keep an open mind we need to um, we need to um, flush the turds out of congress we need to get the fucking Kens and Karens to start wearing masks so they don't drag this thing out for another couple of years. Because they will. They'll, they'll fucking drag it out. And, you know, Mr. Trump is having a good old time. And that's the other thing. Call Congress 202-224-3121 and demand these fucking traitors from January 6th be all thrown in fucking jail for sedition, terrorism, and make sure that they're demand ter- terrorism charges. Demand the FBI. Call the FBI. I don't know their number by heart yet, but somebody post it. Post this. Uh, you know, share this on social media, and post the FBI uh, phone number and demands that these fucking arseholes are charged with sedition. Because of right now, they're just getting slaps on the wrist. Of course. You know, they're pulling the white cards. The white cards blanche. They have a carte blanche to sack the Capitol, apparently. You know, that's not fucking fair. As a ostensibly white woman, even I'm going to uh, stand up and 
fight against that and and for and be an ally and everybody needs to be an ally for the BIPOC community which is the majority actually is that it's been attacked too long black indigenous people of color been fucking attacked to for centuries now and uh, it's gonna stop like me and it will stop it will stop freaking overnight anyway stay safe wear a freaking mask thanks